everybody. Welcome back to Books to Bills. It is your favorite staff member, Shaq. And today I'm here to do another network spotlight. Um, I really enjoyed the last one. Um, I enjoy Erica's too. I mean, I'm just loving getting to know people. And let me tell y'all what. Y'all finna enjoy getting to know my next friend. So I ain't gonna say her name. I'm just gonna let her introduce herself. Friend, how you doing? And you tell, tell the people a little bit about you. Who are you? Hey, um, my name is Allison Valley. I am originally from West Helena, Arkansas. You know, some of the ratchets will call it Helltown. I will be one of the ratchets that will also call it Helltown. Okay, Helltown. <laughs> um, you know, we uh, met at the University of Arkansas. So, you know, woo pigs who there. And I'm just so glad to be here. Yes. So, yes, Allison, we did, I did meet Allison at, um, at the U of A, but it's a funny story because when I was an orientation leader, and I don't even know if Rachel, her sister Rachel remembers this, but I actually was like an orientation leader for your sister because she came through transfer orientation. And so I remember her. And so then, you know, like when, when I met her, I was like, oh, she's going to be cool. And then I remember meeting you later on and I was like, well, they told me that, oh, that's Rachel. I don't know if they told me or I could see it because I mean, y'all look just like, but I was like, oh, she's going to be some cool people. And look, you ain't disappoint. <laughs> you ain't disappoint. So, friend, tell us, tell me a little bit about, uh, tell me a little bit about, you know, well, one, let's go back to, because, you know, I love the University of Arkansas. What did you do at the U of A? What's your degree in? And how did that kind of influence where you are today? Ooh-wee. Um, so, at the University of Arkansas, I, I will start with one of the most important things there that I pledged Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated, of course. <laughs> and look, look, you know. Lambda yeah. Theta, nothing greater would have been mad if we if you didn't put that shout out in. Right. I have to start off with that one so I cannot forget it. Uh, I did many things there. I was involved in different RSOs here and there, uh, mentorship programs. But my degree was in um, psychology and criminal justice. With um, I was very heavily focused on the psychology part of it just because that I've, I have always been interested in understanding why do we do the things that we do? I first kind of got interested in it when I was in high school, and I still cannot best pinpoint exactly what it was about psychology. I know I heard the word strength, and I kind of saw the people laying on the couch and all of that, and it seemed real cool to me, and I, I still can't quite even put in words exactly what initially attracted me to it and made me say, like, this is something that I want to do. But as I read more and more about it, it really was kind of interesting to kind of read these theories. And it's like, you know, learning about groupthink and seeing how, you know, we have all these biases and what it's all rooted in and how, you know, we impact each other, how, you know, the generational things, all, all of these different concepts all related to psychology, just, you know, this big phenomenon and small phenomenon, all of this human behavior is just so intricate and interesting it was like yeah this is what i'm doing for sure <laughs> and everybody else is like yeah i'm not doing psychology like this is boring i don't know why anybody wants to study human behavior like i'm like we're humans who want to want to know this stuff like it's about us and you know i think it, it has a lot to do with like you know how a lot of us when we went to college it was like you need to find a major based off what you're going to do and so therefore we only picked stuff that we saw every day you know, like you, you know, a lot of people did nurse and teacher, but then, then you saw the people was like, oh, I want to be a doctor. I want to be an engineer, but that was really it. And then for, to hear somebody like you tell me that story, cause I was one of those persons who chose my major based off the career. I'm like, 
to hear you say that it's like that's really true because it's those things that I value as a grown person right now just outside of what I do every day at work but I didn't study that and so I wonder if I would have like you know how I would have fared if I studied more of those human behavioral type of things I never saw it growing up I think the closest thing that any of us you know especially coming from small towns probably would have ever saw was maybe a school counselor if you had any relationship with like a social worker for a reason maybe a social worker but I will say that the criminal justice side of things might be because my father is a lawyer and I automatically assume that criminal justice and a lawyer was like the exact same thing which there are intricate differences but I did not initially know that (laughs) I didn't want to be a lawyer at all, but I was like, yeah, I want to learn criminal justice stuff too. (laughs) So like after college, after you have gotten this degree, I mean, you loved your degree, you were passionate about this information, like how did you get to where you are? And if you don't mind just kind of sharing with us, like what is your, tell us about your journey. Yeah. So when I was finishing uh, undergrad, I had to decide what I wanted to do next because I knew that just having a bachelor's in psychology and criminal justice wasn't going to give me a job, if I'm being completely honest. If I got a job, it wasn't going to pay much. So I knew that I had to go to grad school and I started some research programs and it was like, I started researching psychology of masters and it was like, I honestly didn't want to continue to study uh, masters in psychology just because it was like, I think just the basics of psychology was enough for me. And that pushed me more so towards counseling because it was like psychology, you're continuously learning and building on those behaviors. And counseling was like, you're actually going to go out there and start helping people like now. And I decided I want to go out there and start helping people now. So I went that route. And what also influenced that decision was because of an experience I had in undergrad which also influenced my my ultimate where I am now decision because in undergrad, I actually went to therapy for the first time. So it was senior year and I remember I was just struggling. I could not identify a reason why. And I mean, my grades were good. I was doing well in all the activities that I had. Um, I was making it to work every day. My job performance was still well. Like I, if you looked at me from the outside, I was doing just fine. but at any moment I could just break down and I could not tell you why and I was losing it and it was bothering me that I could not understand why I was losing like grips on life and uh I'll say her name because I just love her to death my closest friend Derenisha she was right there beside me one day and I just completely lost it and then she was just looking at me and she was like like you're good like I'm gonna make sure that you're good and it's okay and I'm like I don't know what's going on with me and then, like, eventually, I just went ahead and went to therapy. And in my opinion, I didn't really care for the therapist. But I was grateful that she actually told me that I was experiencing anxiety and depression. So that at least let me know that even though functionally I was able to still, like, go throughout my day and do everything I needed to do, there were still bits and pieces of me that needed some type of help. So from there, it was like, yeah, I need to be able to go out and help other people who might be able to function just fine, but there are bits and pieces of them that still need help. I don't want to continue to study this. I want to be able to go out there and go ahead and help them with this. So I went ahead, got my master's in counseling, finished that, and then 
seriously, like right at the end of my counseling program, it was like, I might not be exactly ready now to fully launch, but I started to think about solace. Yes. Yes. And that was, that's what brings us here today. And dang, I, I want to pick back some of those stories that you were just telling me about, because I think about what it was like for me when I was going through undergrad and I had not, I didn't have a therapist when I was in undergrad, but I think I dealt with a lot of things that a therapist would have helped me uh, kind of navigate through. And I was just telling a friend about that probably like two or three months ago. Um, certainly since we've been in quarantine and I've been being a little bit more uh, introspective and reflective. I was like, you know, I think I could have benefited from that. And so it's really, I mean, normalizing, but it's also refreshing to hear somebody say that, yes, very similar, like outwardly, everything looks fine, but you know, something is different. Um, but let's talk about solace because I, I think that is, I am already ready because, okay. So the, so one of the real reasons why I even thought to reach out to you is because I recently picked back up with therapy. Yeah. And I was like, oh, let me go to Allison app because we had been talking about it. I mean, I had seen you talk about it on social media and I was like, oh, let me go. Cause it means it's going to be a black one. And I was like, oh, dang, we still went. And so that was actually how you got on my mind. So I want you to, to, to talk about this and tell us about your, as I said earlier, I mean, you can look at it from an app, you can look at it from the function, but you are building a like a full organization right now. And so can you talk to me about it? What was that like? And tell everybody what Solus is. So Solus is a virtual therapy app for black people with black therapists. And it is just so important to me just because of my personal experiences and how, you know, I have been able to see the importance of and the need for therapy within the black community. And I just, I want, black people to be able to have that access to therapy so with it the idea is that we will be able to no matter where we are within the states at any moment in time be able to connect with a therapist you know and like I said I'm from a small town I never saw a therapist ever I only ever saw a school counselor and a school counselor isn't actually what we will consider a therapist, so to say, like they can help you through some things, but if you actually need like the mental health, it's like, nah, you need to work with somebody else. Some social workers are trained to work with uh, the mental health component things, not all of them. So it's like, nah, you still need a therapist. So it's, it's just trying to make sure that we can increase that accessibility and actually be able to have somebody there that can relate to it. You know, not every black person is going to understand every other black person's issue, but it's going to be some, you know, a higher chance of relatability there versus if it was another person of color or a non-person of color, period. Absolutely. It's like a, a different type of connection. Yeah. You met, you said some, we live so much of a similar life because I'm from a small town in Arkansas too. And I think about, I, there was one building and we would always call it Delta Counseling. And there was one build, building where I knew that therapists went, but I would, I can, I mean, and it still has that same stigma now. I think about how the community associates the people who go in there with their everyday lives. And it's like, if you've known someone to go there, you know, they all of a sudden think that they're not capable of functioning day to day. So I'm really happy to know that with this accessibility, you know, it, more people will see it and then we will then start normalizing the art of therapy. 
So how do, how do you, how, like, how has that been just thinking about the impact that you can make on the very local level? It's very surreal, especially, you know, one way to remain humble is Facebook. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) So I I used to only log on Facebook like once a year or once a month. And now I'm on there almost every day and I might not engage, but I'm always reading things. And every now and then it's something like very mental health related. And in my mind, it's just like, just maybe it's like a each one teach one and may or just maybe I will be able to reach this person one day, just hopefully. And and that is what kind of drives me that like there, there is this real hope that once it is out there, that whether it's this person or a person like this in my community, another community, that soulless will be an actual thing to help real people. And that is just so surreal and just so promising. Yes. Now, how has it been as you've been in this stage of creating this? I know you didn't have some ups and downs. Like, I know it's probably like, Sometimes you're really happy. Sometimes you may be discouraged, but like, just tell me about it. How, what has that experience been like creating this? It has been so different. And it's because I, I've had this conversation many times already. And it's because at the heart of it, I tell people it's mental health. That, that is like the most com- important component to it. So make sure that we focus on mental health. But because of how people will receive it, because it will be a virtual therapy app, it is also a tech company, you know, so then you have to start thinking about how it will operate, you know, like Facebook or something. And it's like, whoa, yes. in my mind, I was not creating a tech company, but in all actuality, that is what it is. So it's like, whoa, <laughs> this is a big thing. So I'm not just creating something, you know, I'm creating a huge thing. And every day is kind of reminding me of that and how to navigate something new and learning something new. And I'm not a STEM person. So I'm having to learn all of these different STEM related terms and positions and things. And I'm like, (laughs) I'm having to put a lot of trust in different people because it's like, you you know all of this stuff about technology and I'm trusting you to teach me this without trying to take advantage of me just because you see like the dollar signs in the end game there. Like, <laughs> right. So. And you know, I, I bet that's a, a, a common challenge amongst people who are starting things up from the beginning. It's like, how do you measure the intentions of, of your stakeholders? Like some people want to do it because they want to, you know, they on board with you about the impact you can make and other people are on board about the impact that it you know that they can receive so yeah and it's it's been things like um navigating even like the use of ndas mm-hmm. because it's, it's certain conversations i need to have with someone where it's like okay we need to sign an nda first and they're like okay cool but then it's certain conversations uh that needs to happen where Typically, an uh, NDA should be signed first, but this person is going gonna, gonna to be like a slap in their face if it's like, we need to sign an NDA. It's like, oh, so you're about to waste my time. And I was like, whoa. <laughs> like, like, no, I just got some practices that I must follow. Yeah, it's like, okay, I'm sorry. I'm the new person here. I just, I thought it was standard practice, but you're the big dog. I'm new. You, you got me. 
Well, how do you balance that too? How do you balance sometimes? Cause I know that you probably interacted with a lot of people that you knew outside of anything related to this organization as I'm going to keep on calling it. Right. Um, but some of them you knew. So how do you navigate dealing with them on that personal level versus, okay, let's cool, let, let's snap on and we into business. Is that a struggle? No. Um, it, it's very funny because it, it seriously just switches. And I think it just goes to having a good foundation because I've been able to um, all in one text thread say like, hey, we need to make sure X, Y, and Z is done and then send in some totally unrelated meme or something. <laughs> uh, I, I remember and th this just showed you like how you can have that balance about like kind of having a conversation about the use of an NDA and then saying like, okay, you guys, you, you're not from around here. Um, but remember how we were talking about like Kool-Aid pickles and sending this like right in the middle. Like what? <laughs> So yes. it's, it's just like foundationally having that, that good foundation to even be able to like flip the switch on and off. And they, they're aware that that can actually happen for us to be able to go from personal to professional. Now, as, as you're doing this, and I know that there's, you know, there's still some unknowns and, and I want to be cognizant and I ask for any secrets, right? Don't tell me no secrets, but, um, as you're doing this, what are the things that you you have decided that I'm going to keep this at my core? Like no matter where I take this app, this tech company, this full-blown organization, these are the things that I am not negotiating. One one thing that definitely is just like a non-negotiable for me is that um, I know that there's this belief that it should be expanded from Black people to people of color. And just for my own personal beliefs, if solace never gets off of the floor or if it uh, impacts expansion because it's not for people of color, I'll still be able to sleep at night because of that. And it's only because Black and people of color is not always interchangeable. Black people versus a person that identifies as Indian American, Asian American, or whatever, non-white American, we still have very different uh, values, very different experiences. And while at some point I might very well be actively engaged in helping you, I'm not against you in any type of way. I see you and I want to help you. I'm always going to put Black people first. And listen, I'm sitting here and then got excited because you know what? And I'm going to support you and my fellow colleagues are going to support you because I too, like, you know, I just, sometimes I feel like we, we, we start, we stray away from our goals because we start to incorporate a little too much. Um, and so I, I think that that's a good example of like, you want to serve your people. And if you want to do that, I think you should have that right. Yeah. So eventually, once it's up and growing and it has served its purpose, if later on it's like, okay, now I can help you as well, I'm perfectly fine with doing that. But if I haven't achieved that goal first, then it's, it's not a negotiable. It's, it can't happen because I haven't even been able to say that I have been effective in doing what I even have set out to do. Okay. Okay. Now, when you moving out to Silicon Valley, you got this tip, like, when you doing it? When you moving on out to California on us and we ain't going to ever hear from you? <laughs> What's your plans? What, what, are, what are your plans for expansion? You mentioned. That honestly is 
not a plan. I do not want to move Solar System to Silicon Valley at all. And that is just because Silicon Valley is meant for rich white men. And I'm not either of those things. <laughs> I'm not I'm not any of those. I don't fit into that category at all. Um, and tech is evolving to where it is not centered in just Silicon Valley. And it is trying to expand outside of rich white men. And as you know, Atlanta is the holy mecca for black people. And I would rather much be in a place like Atlanta or even if Memphis can see that type of growth, I'd rather it grow here in Memphis than me push it to Silicon Valley. Okay. So if it grows somewhere else, I'd rather grow somewhere outside of Silicon Valley, honestly. Yes. I love that too because and and it was kind of like a check to me too at, about the metrics that we use for success just to throw out a Silicon Valley, but also knowing that, hey, there are other black places. Like Charlotte is another one of those. Um, yeah. that Yes. And so actually when we went to, um, for as many of our colleagues know, we did our virtual vacations. That's why we chose the cities that we went because we wanted to be in places that were black and all about celebrating and appreciating blackness. Um, so I, So I love it and I really do love what you are doing with this app. Um, lastly, um, if you could share something that like has, and I know as you're building right now, you have a lot of these because it's about those small victories, but what's one of those victories that you have had that you like, yes, I know that I need to keep doing this. What has been something that has served as a, like in the interim style of motivation? Um, it would be, networking so one thing that we hear um when it comes to startups is we're going to have to have like hundreds of meetings before we get our first yes and that comes to getting funded by these different capitals and things of that nature and that within those meetings it's also about like building your team and you know just networking in general so without saying too much um I have like this, for where I'm at right now, I have this um, number set of how much money I know I need to get to the next step. And I was just so thankful that my last place of employment, honestly, without even knowing, kind of propelled me to the next step because they had someone join their board and I got an email about it and I saw it and I was like, this person is awesome. It was a black man. I read more about him, real successful, he creates apps. Look at God. So we connected on Instagram and he actually DM'd me and I was just so excited. We were able to connect and network. And uh, now we've just been in conversations and I've been able to just talk to him and get more information on like the technical side of things. So that, those are just like small victories on like, hey, you know, what What do you think I should do? You know, just networking and getting more guidance. And this, for him to be a black man, I just feel like, you know what? I don't even know your full resume, but it, it just automatically felt like a win. But yes. even the insight that I received from him truly was a win because the numbers that I had versus the number that he gave me, he gave me something much better than what I thought I had. See, see. So, it's always good to get some opinions, but I, yeah, 
I'm glad that they were black. It's something about that community. When you see them, it's like, yeah, I already know it's something about you that I don't have to ask a question about because we going to relate on it. And so that's just good. Yeah. Uh, now, how can we, like, you know, everyday citizens, like a broke mug like me, how can I contribute? How can I help? Like, how can our colleagues help and connect with you and help you build the brand as you go also? So the simplest way is just to follow us on our social medias. We are Soulless App, so S-O-U-L-A-C-E-A-P-P on all social medias. So that's Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. If you connect with any of the content, you know, like, share, whatever. If there's some content that you would like to see more of, let us know. Less of, less of let us know that as well. And, you know, just tell, you know, friends and family members about us and just spark those conversations if you feel comfortable doing so. Because the most important thing for us is just that there are mental health conversations happening outside of social media. And in general, we are promoting mental health. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do my part. Um, I know I follow you already, but I'm going to make sure that I um, – Encourage some more folks to follow you. I'm going to share the word. And colleagues, I want you to do the same because you see what it's like to, ha to hear Allison talk about this thing that she just kind of imagined of like her walks of life kind of shaped where she was going to be and the passion and the, the drive that it takes to do this and all the hard work that she's putting in. I mean, it's on display because here I am. I had seen so much about the app. I thought it was already ready to go. I'm ready to use it. I'm ready to find my black therapist. And I know that one day when people can do that, that's going to be some really, really refreshing, meaningful, and needed moments. And so you see the hard work that Allison is putting in. But please, please, please go follow her everywhere. Like, share, comment, tag. Tell her that books to bill sent you, whatever. But y'all <laughs> go over there and get connected. And if you're a therapist, because I know we got some therapists. Um, you follow too, because, you know, later on, as, as Allison builds her network, you know, it's going to need to be some people out there. And so... I really, really liked it. I really, really love the app. You're doing some great stuff. And I am just so happy to say that I know you. Like, I, I'm just happy that I can say that. Thank you so much. You are certainly welcome. But y'all know how to stay connected with us. But follow me on my personal uh, social media. It's uh, at Shacklow, S-H-A-Q underscore L-O-W-E. Allison, you want to put your uh, social out there? Yeah, uh, so my socials are boring, sorry. They're just <laughs> at AR Valley. <laughs> That's the easiest way to find me. All right, AR Valley and at AR Valley, excuse me. Go on at her right now, tell her you enjoy hearing her. Um, and then certainly connect with the Soul Ace app. Oh, look at me, that said it wrong again, Soulless, Soulless app. But y'all know what it's time to do. It's time to go home. Y'all be blessed. And if you can't be a blessing to somebody, don't make, uh-uh. See, I'm about to say a saying. And I always do spend time to cut the episode off. Let me go. Y'all bye. Talk to y'all later. I love you. Oh